What's up, Rebels? Thanks for joining us. How you doing, Producer K? I'm doing lovely. Yeah? Did you have a good week? I did. Mother's Day? Was spoiled. Were you? Lavished upon. You got four kiddos. I do. Do they make cards or do they buy cards? They make their cards. So when, when, when do the homemade cards... I like those. Am I? When am I going to be so adult that I'm like, oh, you didn't buy a card? That's weird. <laughs> like if my friends made me a card, I don't know. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? I love that idea. Let's just do away with real cards with from the store. Cards? Yeah. See, here's the thing. My parents want a bot card. They want you to look at it. Like I'll never buy a card with something on the inside. And I don't like, that's not my words. It's someone else's words. That's interesting uh it's my ocd i, I didn't write that stuff i'm so silly yeah i loved it had a great mother's day uh mother's day weekend yeah we've yeah it's been tough so we um laura and i finally are back on the date night um and there is a food truck i've been trying to get us to it's the lobster the Ooh. lobster truck mm-hmm. not lobster but lobster okay lobster truck friday night and then uh, in Manitou, close by, there's a Penny Arcade. So uh, last week when we took the kids, I took the kids to the Penny Arcade. Uh, way too much fun. Nostalgic video games. Right. And so Laura and I took the kids Penny Arcade. Nice. And then Sunday, my parents are in town. So we did the Mother's Day, Mother's Day, Mother's Day. So yes. good times. Makes me think of our sponsor today is our good friends at Save the Storks. Uh, some people don't know I'm adopted. I was, um, I'm adopted. That's how I am. I'm adopted. Um, I was six weeks old at my adoption. My birth mom was 16 Hmm. when she got pregnant. And if it wasn't for people in her life, like my friends that saved the storks, I may not be here today. Hmm. Um, and I don't do that to say guilt or shame. That's why I partnered with save the storks. They're not angry. They don't yell. They don't scream. They don't pick it. They don't protest. Um, they take care of the whole person, not just these unborn babies. They mm. make sure there's aftercare. They treat them with dignity and respect. There's no guilt and there's no shame. Mm. Everything about what they do is with excellence. And I adore them. And I just, all of Mother's Day weekend, I just was so thankful. I was thankful for my birth mom. I just was so thankful that she made that sacrifice for me. Mm that she loved me and cared for me and thought my parents, Jim and Shirley, would do a better job than she could. And I love you for doing that for me. And my mom and dad, Jim and Shirley, goodness gracious, the sacrifices they have made for me even up until this day. I love you, mom and dad. And happy Mother's Day again. And thank you so much to organizations like Save the Storks for saving lives out there. You can find more about Save the Storks at savethestorks.com. Savethestorks.com. Oh man, I love those guys. They are so fun. They are so fun. Today's broadcast. Ooh. Ooh. I'm telling you, right? Yeah. Right? So good. Oh. Yeah. Long one today. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's so good. Atomic Mom is back. <laughs> oh my goodness. Laura is back on the broadcast. And we've got another firecracker on with us today. Sarah McKenzie, Read Aloud Revival podcast. And here's the truth. I know there's a bunch of Read Aloud Revival fans that are like, what? Who is this Rebel Parenting thing? How do they know Sarah McKenzie? All of our friends are like, you had Sarah McKenzie on. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Like We say that in the beginning. It's so funny. So great. But hey, welcome 
All the Read Aloud Revival people, all the Read Aloud Revival fans, we love you so much. Today's broadcast, woo, Sarah McKenzie. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I would have her on a million times. The host of the Read Aloud Revival podcast, she is the mama to six. Woohoo! <laughs> That's both of our families combined. Six kids. And she, on her podcast, talks about the power of reading to your kids. And I just have to say at the beginning, um, my mom read to me so much growing up, and my dad did too. Here's the truth. I don't say that to make you feel like bad parents, because some people are like, oh, I don't do it. I feel so guilty. I feel so shameful. Here's the truth. My parents were better parents than I am to my kids too. They're just (laughs) better than me. I get it. I'm not saying this to make you feel bad. I'm just saying when you listen to how little you can do to make so much of a difference in your kid's life, you can't not do it. You just can't not do it. Uh, And if you've got a a good enough excuse not to, then tell me. Email me, help at rebelparenting.org. Give me your great excuse. I will shoot it down. That's what I'll do. I'll shoot it down because you got to read to your kids. It is one of the greatest things you can do. Honestly, this is such... A fun podcast. It was. Such a fun podcast. Is there anything else? We just jump into the podcast. I think that's good. All right. You can find Sarah online at Read Aloud Revival on Instagram. Oh, my goodness. Sarah, thanks for being on the podcast. Without any further ado, here is our friend, Sarah McKenzie from Read Aloud Revival, talking about her book, The Read Aloud Family on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. Sarah, thank you for coming on today. Oh my goodness, we've been telling people that we have the host of Read Aloud Revival on the podcast today, and we're freaking out. We've got Read Aloud Family. Oh my goodness, it's so great! People were jealous they wanted to come with me. Do you ever see like old school Sesame Street when Kermit would like freak out and go, ah, they will all shake? Like when we told people Sarah McKenzie was coming on the broadcast, they were like, what? You, how do you, you do that? You know her? I was like, no, I don't know. Well, how is she talking to you? Is myth, <laughs> the myth, magic of the myth status. Right? It was so oh, great. it's such a treat to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. Love and it. Some of my friends have some questions. So at the end, we got to get those in. So mm-hmm. all awesome. my homeschool and ROMs have some questions about some reluctant readers and things like that. that oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, you could, awesome. uh, touch on for us. Definitely, definitely. Awesome. So, Sarah, let's start. Just tell us a little bit about you. You know, you've got this amazing podcast. Uh, People freak out over it. But for some of the rebels out there, they're like, what do you mean read aloud revival? What is this? (laughs) What is it? Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Okay, so my husband, Andrew, and I live in the Pacific Northwest. Mm. We have six kids. Our oldest is a 10th grader. She's 16. She just got her driver's license a few Ooh. days ago. Very exciting. My whole life changed because I sent her to the grocery store that very night to get I dinner bet. stuff. Wow. <laughs> like, my life will never be the same. Way to go. Goodness. Good for you. That's awesome. And then, yeah, and then the youngest are four-and-a-half-year-old twins, and then we've got a bunch of different ages in between there. Um, we've okay. since the beginning. Our producer and- has twins as well, so... <laughs> What's that? Our producer has twins. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, twins are a whole nother ballgame, but um, it's been so fun. It's so interesting to watch them interact with each other and see, like, their their perception of themselves in the world is different than any of our other kids has been because they always have this person right along with it. It's just really interesting. And they mm. figured out that they're identical. They figured out that 
they can trick most people. Most they people. can't trick me. Yeah. But uh-huh. they can trick most people yes. to figure awesome. out who they are. You know? Yeah. So anyway. I have that in my um, family too. I have 23-year-old nephews that are identical and they've been doing that for 23 years. Oh, yeah. I, how, do sure. not, right? how do you it's not? Like, oh, for sure. How do you not? Uh, and let's see, the Read Aloud Revival is a podcast I started in 2014, um, just really as to share the joy that reading aloud had, had the transformations and the impact reading mm. aloud had had on my own family life. And it sort of just took on this life of its own, I think, because when families who are busy or overwhelmed or pulled in a lot of different directions find out that connecting mm. with their kids in this really meaningful way can be so simple and mm. so effective, it totally. sort of makes sense fanatics we get so excited and we yeah. get really so the read aloud revival podcast goes out we do a podcast every week that sort of helps parents make those connections with their kids through books and then the, i wrote a new book this year called the read aloud family that oh, is yeah. uh very it's it's along the same lines as the podcast as in um you know it's the the hope for the book is that it will inspire mm-hmm. more parents to make those meaningful lasting connections with their kids and then help families who are busy and yeah. um, re- regardless of where your kids go to school, whether they go to a public school, a private school or homeschool or what your family structure looks like, um, that you can find a way to make those connections with your kids while you have the chance. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Sarah, when I was little, my parents read out loud to me all the time. And I mean, my mom somehow convinced me at a early, early age that the library was better than Disneyland. I don't know how she did it. She totally did. It is I the, most, the yeah. most valuable a, thing she yeah. could have ever given me was this voracious Love. appetite for reading. I never stop. I'm obsessed with it all the time. <laughs> but it seems to have stopped. You know, when did the reading to your kids kind of stop? Like my dad had um, Stories for the Children's Hour. That was a book, uh, a specific book for reading to your kids. There's a number of books he had that was specifically for reading to your kids. My mom had all the Shel Silverstein uh, poetry books before mm-hmm. we'd go to school in the morning and I'd be waiting for carpool. She'd read Shel Silverstein poetry to me. Jeez. I'm making my parents look like saints and they are. So <laughs> I'm not. I oh, read come Harry- on, you are. Oh, yeah. He read the entire Harry Potter, Harry, Harry Potter series. I read all of Harry oh, Potter to Lincoln. Oh, that's a commitment. Out loud? out loud? Out loud. The whole thing. Oh, that's a commitment it for real. It was so yeah. amazing. It's my favorite thing in the world. Are you kidding? All he does is yeah, read aloud yeah. to the kids. Wait, so. can I just nerd out for he one second? He is a nerd. Sorry. Yeah, So, listen, Harry Potter, you have to understand, for Lincoln and myself, like, I'll get emotional talking about it. You've got a kid who is essentially adopted... Born into a family where he's famous for something he didn't do. He has incredibly famous parents, and there's a huge mantle placed upon him. Will you live up to the name you have or not? I read Harry Potter and bawled as an adult. Though <laughs> I'm on an airplane reading Harry Potter's weeping. I read it to Lincoln. He totally, totally, totally gets it. it. But that's a big bonding thing for the two of us. But when did it stop? Why did it stop? What cultural thing happened that we just stopped reading to our kids? I don't know exactly when it stopped. I know Jim Trelease's uh, The Read Aloud Handbook oh, came yeah. out a long time ago. I'm trying to remember when it first came out, the 70s maybe. Uh-huh. Um, and by then he was already saying people quit reading aloud to their kids as right. soon as they read to themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think what practically speaking happens mm. in most families is we think of reading aloud as something you do with your kids until they can read on their own. Yep. But we value independent reading as though it's better or preferred Ooh. to reading aloud or listening to being re- you know being read to and so as soon as a child can read to themselves 
we think it's a benefit to have them do that instead of listening to it. Instead of instead of like, if we think of it like concentric circles, yeah, yeah, yeah. instead of expanding the reading now, so uh-huh, now you get uh-huh. to be read to and you get to read on your own. Mm. We we think of it as a ladder and think it's something that you grow out of, which is not true, right? And it shouldn't be true. At least the benefits don't stop. They only expand as children get older. Hey, Sarah, can we talk about the benefits right now? Because you're yeah. just talking about them, about reading out loud to your children as a family, yeah. too. Yeah. I love like doing it as a family, and I know you can do it individually with each children, too. But I, I like to hear the benefits. Definitely, because you... Man, I'm sitting here going, wait, I think that, too. Like, Lincoln... We had a reading tutor for him and he can read now and it's great and he's reading all the time and I'm so excited. And yes, my reading to him has totally declined. declined. So for me, just give me the background, the data. Why should I still read to him? Why is this still a great idea? So here's one of the things that I think is so amazing about reading aloud is I can't think of anything else you can do in 10 or 15 minutes that's completely free that gives you all of these benefits. And I'll rattle them off here in just a second. But as I am, just think about that. Think about the idea of, can you think of anything else that you can do with your child in 10 or 15 minutes every day or every other day Mm. uh, that would give this same kind of impact? And I can't think of it, of Mm. anything else. But one of the benefits is the just the simple academic benefit. We know that reading aloud is the number one predictor or the number one predictor of success in a child's reading later on. So if we read aloud to them, they will very likely read better later on. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to read earlier, but it means that they will be better readers later on. Okay. In the long run. Yes. And what we're going for there is grammatically correct and sophisticated language patterns coming in through the ear. So uh, oh, it makes me so me. happy. Oh, my goodness. Those that are just listening to the podcast, I could not be more happy about this. And I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to interrupt way too many times Go in this. Go for it. I wish they could see you because you're like leaping out of your chair over there. Oh, I'm going to post this video for sure. Well, I love it's, you, honey. You know, it, it's true. I, I did not get good grades in school. My English teachers now are rolling over in their graves or pulling their hair out because I was terrible with grammar and structure, all those. Not anymore, though. And when I'm reading to Lincoln, I was reading the other day and I was like, do you know what this word means? And he's like, no. And he doesn't ask. Kids don't, rarely are they like, what does that mean? I'll just keep reading and he doesn't do it. So now I'm like, do you know what this means? And he's like, no. I'm like, all right. So I'm going way over vocabulary. And one of those reasons they did a, it's a correlation, not a causation. But they did a correlation study of the world's wealthiest people. And they have one common denominator between the world's wealthiest people and it's a high vocabulary it's not i've never heard this before that totally makes sense though it's not level of school amount of school education of parents income of family literally the one overlapping correlation of the world's wealthiest is a high vocabulary and you get that from hearing people read to you or looking up words in books. I mean, I can't tell you how many underlined words I have because, yeah, yeah. you know, it's just. Well, and, you know, in the Read Aloud Handbook, Jim Treely says that vocabulary alone is the single greatest predictor of success, success in school. In cult, so you can yeah. look at a kindergartner's vocabulary and pretty much predict how well they're going to be doing in school down the road. For it's sure. Just, that's that important. Yes. Yeah. But and one that of the comes from so reading. That comes from reading. It comes yeah, from ahead, reading. I mean, the vocabulary comes from reading. It really does to 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 be exposed to new words in new ways. Yeah. Oh man. But Sarah, I want to jump into because yeah, I'm please. kind of a nerd too. I'll get I'll nerd yeah. out. Now, what type of books should oh, we yeah. be reading? <laughs> right? Like 
Yeah, I think, um, well, a couple of things. If we realize that our kids have higher listening comprehension than reading comprehension, mm-hmm. then it gives us a lot more freedom. So your your child who's six or seven, even if they can't read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe on their own yet, I have a six-year-old who cannot read that book to herself yet. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, but she could understand it if I was reading it to her, yes. right? Oh, and so she's okay. going to get that vocabulary and all of that beautiful like language, those beautiful language patterns in through the ear by reading above her level. And we'll probably naturally read above their level anyway because nobody really wants to read like the cat sat on the mat, right? Yeah, right, 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 right. right. Um, So we end up sort of reading above their level. Um, And I think there are books that are more pleasant to read aloud and books that are really good, still even really good books that are interesting. You know, this was pointed out to me more more as I was making the book list for the Read Aloud family because I wanted all books that would read aloud really well, would be Mm. delightful experiences for Mm. families reading aloud, whether they've been reading aloud forever or they're just getting started. And what I realized is there's a lot of really good books that don't read aloud particularly oh. well, or they're more difficult to read aloud, yeah. or they're just more enjoyable to read aloud or read to yourself. Okay. Um, and give and me so, an example, just yeah, so I, yeah. cause I'm thinking of one in my head, but I'm not sure if it's the right, what would you say? Um, okay. So a couple that come to mind are the, I don't know if you're familiar with the books by my, I'm probably going to butcher this name too, Sorry. which is sort of embarrassing, but Minder Dijong, which are like the wheel on the school. Um, hmm. And, oh, I'm forgetting the other one that we read, Shadrach. Um, They're on a lot of read aloud lists, but every time I've tried Mm. to read them aloud, there's just a, there's very little dialogue and there's lots of, um, I don't know, the, the language patterns are correct, but they're just a little more difficult to read aloud. I find the Ramona, the pests or the Ramona, (laughs) Beverly Cleary's Ramona books to be really good to do on audio. I am reading one aloud to my kids right now, but I actually, yeah. I have a whole box set. Really. You made me think of something. Parents out there, start hitting yard sales for books. It is, Mm -hmm. it hurts my feelings so much to see. I got the entire Little House on the Prairie box set for a quarter. And And then I got the whole Ramona. uh, I got the whole Ramona, I think, for a dollar. It's, uh, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. So for this summer, you have already inspired me. So I've like narrowed down my list mm. for our reading. Yeah. <laughs> so here's oh, yeah. the one what I was thinking. What are you planning on reading? Do you well, know? Do like, do you have bridges, you picked right? stuff? Oh, gonna... Little Bridges. So, little Bridges. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Little Bridges, so we're going to start, start for sure. Um, Ralph okay. Moody. And that's and a Colorado the story. The Winnie the Pooh series. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Which my... is so funny because a lot of us think of Winnie the Pooh as a story for preschoolers. Yes. But most of the humor will actually go over a preschooler's head. Yeah. But your fifth grader who's sitting in the room will start cracking up laughing because yes. there there's some nuances in there that are not really meant for five-year-olds yeah. yes. so they're really delightful to read a lot with older kids i had a hard time with now i loved reading huck finn tom sawyer all those classics oh, yeah. i really had a hard time reading those out loud to lincoln because the grammar is so bad and, and the vocabulary I understood it's of someone that's not educated, but it is of someone that's not educated. And so I'm reading to my fifth grader, or this was like third and fourth grade, when he's learning all the parts of speech and vocabulary. I'm like, ooh, I can't say ain't, and I can't say the N-word, and I can't say, you know, there's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's that whole... The uh, dialect can be tricky, especially in Mark Twain books. There's also some, you know, like social issues, like you're saying, like the N-word, like like historical... It, mm. that can be very difficult to read out loud or uncomfortable to read out loud that can be different when you're handing that book to your eighth grader and telling them to read it and you're talking about it is yeah. different than you reading it out loud sure so sure. that can be and i think any kind anytime there's a tricky dialect or even sometimes um 
like Charles Dickens. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't get myself to read those out loud because they're like a hundred million years long, right? But but on audio, you get a narrator who does it with this wonderful Great British voice. accent yeah. oh, and funny. all the right. Yeah, it's my favorite thing so to do. Delightful. Like when you said that, I'm like, what do you mean? That's the. Yeah. I love doing that. It's so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm a yeah, I just totally have to depends give a sh- on how. I mean, like I like to do voices and things mm. too, but my husband doesn't. So I think it also depends on your personality. Like, how much fun do you have, or is it just exhausting to you mm. to use different right. voices? Yeah, and that kind of thing. Well, yeah. I just have to give a shout out to my homeschool here in Colorado Springs, Journey, which I believe is the best homeschool in Colorado Springs. Which I'm sad I'm going to have to leave them, but they have taught me exactly what you're teaching. And all those yeah. women have um, either heard your teaching or found it somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so it has really changed an entire community here because now not only are we connected with just him and I reading a book, there's 45 of us that all read the Odyssey together. And so now Amazing. we're all connected right. in a different conversation. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. we just finished the Chronicles of Narnia and now all these 45 people, children, adults, we're all having the same conversations. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it's a, it's, it's like amazing. a shared experience, right? It is. That you, mm-hmm. that it completely you have before. One of the things too, that I think it does, that's amazing is that especially when your kids get older and there starts to be some friction between parents and kids, or even in a group like that with kids and kids, yeah, or yeah, parents yeah, yeah. And parents, when we're reading the story, we all of a sudden all sit on the same side of the fence yes. because you're rooting for the same characters Ooh, and you're, this down. you're yeah. hoping the same, you know, you're, you're rooting on the same people. You're crying, you're upset about this. You're, you're, you're worried yep. about the bad guy. Yep. You're rooting on the hero together. So it makes you allies again even when you can't when you weren't seeing eye to eye before i noticed that with my teenagers especially when we're not quite seeing eye to eye yeah. if you sit down and read, it just puts us on the same t- side yeah. of the fence at the same time which, uh, you know instantly definitely uh, without any effort i just yes. wrote that down we you know in the last six months we've had three or four emails from parents saying i just don't like my kids not all of them but one of them i don't like and it's funny because they never tell me exactly which one it is they don't like and You know, this is what I was telling parents. It's not a feeling you want to have. It still is a normal feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I remember I speak at a camp in the summer and I remember telling the kids, your parents don't always like you. And no one had ever said that before to a room full of high schoolers. And they were like, what? I'm like, do you always (laughs) like your parents? And they were like, no. I'm like, yeah, they don't like you either. You're a brat. (laughs) And the realization settling over these kids, you know, like, oh. Oh, but reading to your children, that is, you know, it's unconventional. It really yeah, is. It's today. so unconventional. We're just going to sit in a room. I'm going to read, you know, and here's the thing, parents that are, that are fighting their kids, you're going to read. Don't read a pointed book t- to your, like, <laughs> don't read a pointed book at your kids. Thank you for you saying know, that. That's, oh that's yeah, very dangerous. I know where I'm coming from. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know the yeah. Christian world. I know conservatives. Yeah, I know... <laughs> I know white people like, come on. I know. Don't get it twisted. I know how parents are. So So what happens then is we'll get questions at Read Aloud Revival where people say, I want my I need to read my child books about being and they'll name like a character trait. Mm -hmm. And they'll ask us, why don't you have books labeled by character traits? And that's because that turns reading aloud and it turns our relationships with our kids into into a a project that we're trying to fix. And our kids don't want to be our project. And also, if my husband was to come to me and say, I want you to read this book because I think it will make you a better human being. I would be like, what? Right. Right. Like we, we that doesn't make us feel respected. But at the same time, if you read. Read something like The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe yeah. because mm-hmm. you feel like your child. I mean, 
they're they're going to be inspired toward courage or toward I mean right. there's that whole right. question when you're reading the line the witch and the wardrobe in particular of will you know evil if you're looking it in the face yeah. will you know wrong if you're looking it in the face Edmund didn't until right. it was too late right, right. Until it was too so late that is going to happen when you read a story well, but we don't need to we don't want to turn reading or our relationships with our kids into a I'm gonna make you a better person right. by right, reading right, right. a story yeah to you yeah well yeah. I'm thinking of two well, stories one little britches that's an interesting one. Little Bridges is a great story. It is a captivating, compelling story. Uh, this family moved to Colorado in 1908 when the dad had tuberculosis because he was a lunger. They called them lungers. And the Colorado dry air was supposed to be good for it. This is a true story. It's all true. It's so crazy. There's gunfights. And <laughs> this nine-year-old is doing a man's work. Man's He's much job. more of a man than me, for <laughs> sure, in 1910. You know, all this stuff that's going on. And his dad is a believer. Mm-hmm. And he believes in hard work. And oh. measure twice, cut once. And these very deep, important things that you'll learn through a great, great, great story. It's a good story. You'll learn that on, you know, you'll learn it on its own. You know, you're talking about the line, the witch in the wardrobe and courage and doing what's right. I was reading yesterday. uh, There's a little girl having surgery and they needed a blood transfusion. And her little brother was the only one that had the type. And they looked at him and they said, you know, this is a life and death situation. And he said, okay, I'm gonna get emotional. I can't believe it. I don't have all the story, but when they were taking his blood, it came out. He thought what they meant was it's a life and death situation. If you don't give her the blood, she's going to die. But if you do give her your blood, you also will die. And he sat there, contemplated his baby sister and said, okay, that only comes from someone with a good parent. It only comes from someone that told them right and wrong and what the Lord did for them. And what a beautiful thing to then go to him and say, how proud you would be of your kid that would do something like that. Oh my gosh. You know, I don't want to tell the world who this is because I don't want them to get embarrassed and, you know, those things. But it's these intimate moments with your children when you read to them and it'll pay off over time. Yeah. You know, it works. In ways you don't even expect, you know, in ways that you... Right. For sure. Yeah. One of the experiences that uh, we had reading aloud kind of early on was reading The Wonderful Wizard of Oz together. And I, we got to the part where the Tin Man needed and, you know, wants a heart and the Scarecrow, uh, the Tin Woodman wants a heart and the Scarecrow wants brains. And I just stopped reading for a second and looked up at my girls who at the time... I think maybe seven and five or something around there, eight and six maybe, and said, so what do you think is more important, heart or brains? Mm. And, you know, my firstborn, who's like this go-getter, right? She's like, does not miss a beat. She's like, oh, brains, for sure. <laughs> for sure. And my, her sister is like, well, wait, 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 how would you love people? And then Audrey says, well, how would you know who to love if you don't use your brain? Um. So it opened up this whole conversation <laughs> about well, actually, you need to nurture both. You need to nurture your intellect and your capacity to love. Mm-hmm. And then we keep going on in the book and we read about the lion who needs courage. And we realize you need to nurture your your intellect, your capacity to love and the ability to face your fears. Yeah. And yeah. that's a conversation that we never would have. I never would have brought that up at the dinner table with my yeah. five and seven year old. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you get to 
through books. When you're doing that. You get to. You get to talk about things you don't ever talk about that you wouldn't normally bring those subjects up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So would it be okay if I ask you some questions from my friends? Yeah, I love that. I got my phone out. I love it. I got my phone out. Okay, so this is from my shout out to Erin. Erin McLaughlin. I think it was her sisters asking this question. It says... um, do you have any ideas for my reluctant older 11-year-old reader? She can read okay, but just doesn't enjoy it. Okay, a couple things. And yeah. it's, it's a little tricky without being able to ask some follow-up questions. But one thing I see a lot of is that when kids are able to read fluently, about the, maybe they're about 10, they're reading pretty well on their own. Yeah. For a lot of kids anyway. I mean, that's a different age for lots of kids. But uh, is that we start to foist higher level reading onto them feeling like well you you have you can't read magic treehouse or boxcar children anymore because you're you're above above that that. yeah oh yeah but what actually happens is first of all we enjoy doing something that we're really really good at so if that 11 year old did she say it was a boy or a girl girl okay so that 11 year old girl is not very good at reading she's not going to enjoy it because it's hard just like we as adults don't really like doing things that are hard for us either right um so one of the ways to get better at reading is to read a lot of very easy books because mm. then you speed up your fluency and you get so yeah. things like the boxcar children yes. are on that level. Oh, yeah. I love boxcar um, children. I know. You read yeah, that to they, they I did. increase <laughs> your fluency and your ability really quickly, right? Yeah. Um, another thing is to be careful that their reading is not always associated with schoolwork. So um, oh, it's yeah. okay, of course, to assign some books yeah. to your kids yes. to school, but you want to make sure that they have protected time yep. every day to read what brings them delight. Anything, that, I mean, if that's Garfield, yep. if that's Calvin and Hobbes, yeah. because what we don't want to do is um, we don't want our kids to associate school with academic success. Yeah. I'm sorry, reading with, with school or academic success. Yes. There's some really interesting research. I can't remember where in the Read Aloud family it is. It's in one of the chapters i think it's in the the chapter on academics actually where um we know that kids whose parents think the primary purpose for reading is educational read less and more poorly than kids whose parents think that the primary purpose of reading is entertainment so if we communicate to our kids that the primary purpose for reading is enjoyment then that is probably going to give them actually more of an academic edge than if we would communicate to them that the primary purpose of reading is school so i think kind of checking on your home culture of reading how much reading proportionally is being done for the fun of it well i like you saying that because my son asked to read these minecraft books right and here i'm in this classical education (laughs) yeah (laughs) Like what? Minecraft, really? No, I have failed as a homeschool parent. I am not confessing this to anybody. And then I bought three Minecraft books. That's right. And yeah, he yeah. read them all. <laughs> you know, I think books. I, I I take books and well, not all books. Uh, I threw away a ton of just garbage kids books. Uh, the little little kids books, garbage. <laughs> Garbage. I mean, be nice, honey. Nope, I won't. They're garbage. They're <laughs> terrible. It, it, because it'll make you a worse reader. It, it will. It'll make. And, and the art is so bad. It will. It, yeah, you won't understand what good art is. You shouldn't even have those yeah. in your house. No. Yeah. Good books. I feel the same way about Bibles. We probably have twenty-five kids' versions of Bibles. We get given them a lot, yeah. and so we're super, super blessed that Thank way. You. But I don't care. I'll go get them anyway. Because someday one of those Bibles will catch their heart. I don't care if it's the graphic novel, the comic book, the adventure yeah. Bible, the outdoor sportsman's Bible, the girly pink one, the one that's got sparkles, uh, sparkles. the the tween Bible. The, I have so Adventures many. Adventures in Odyssey, the new one. The Odyssey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
The Founder's yeah. Bible that weighs 60 pounds oh, that David yeah. Barton wrote. I mean, who knows? <laughs> but at some yeah. point it will. And with reading, man, I mean, you've got it. I'm going to read this out loud because yeah. I have a hard time reading it. But one extra day a week of parent-child read aloud sessions. So tell me what that means. My analytical brain is like, just a session reading, like 15, 20 minutes reading to your kid? Oh, you're asking yeah. me that. I'm sorry. I thought you were going to keep going. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, okay. so if you're normally reading, if you're normally reading 10 or 15 minutes, one extra time of that, okay. whatever you're normally doing. One yeah. extra time a week will increase your child's standardized test scores by half a standard deviation. That's from Dr. Joseph Prince. A half a standard yeah. deviation is huge. <laughs> It's yeah, it's so, so funny. Huge. For, for, I mean, like me, I don't really know what that means. I have to have Dr. Price tell me right. what that means. And then when he says, that's huge, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's amazing. So that means whatever you're normally reading, if you're normally reading like 10 minutes before they go to bed or you're reading a half an hour, just doing that one extra time a week. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's credible. Mm. Yeah. There's some research that shows that we could put our kids in private tutoring, private school, like all out of all the things that we do, the best, um, activity we can do to help them academically is just to read aloud to them, yeah. which is, it seems too simple. I think is the thing is kind of why, why I don't we think, think so. Like well, I, I, yeah. I just, you know what? Here's the truth. I disagree. I think you're talking to a very unique group and my wife's yeah. about to talk. She's, she is in a super unique group. Most Americans, it's over 75% over never read. It's, I think it's 78% never read one, one book after high school. That's how high it is. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yes. Ever? Ever. Ever. The rest of their lives, over 70% of Americans, never. if they don't go to college, by the way, it, it's the same with college too. Yeah. If they don't go to college, they don't read a book the rest of their life. We don't read anymore. Read magazines. We read Instagram posts. Read blogs, maybe. Yeah. And that's why. Yeah. We skim. We scan headlines. Yeah. 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 So right. yeah. you do a podcast. How long is your podcast regularly? Oh, like anywhere between 40 to 50 minutes yeah. usually. Long form. I'm told weekly that our podcast is too long, that people can't listen very long, that it should be shorter, 15 minutes or less, probably five minutes or less, just little bite-sized pieces. People, and I go, have you seen Avatar? Have you seen Lord of the Rings? <laughs> have you seen? I mean, <laughs> here's the truth. Uh, great entertainment will keep you as long as you want. Yeah. And same right? with a good book. You know, the greatest comedians out there will go two hours straight. Yes, well, you go to an open mic, they once, only give right? you five minutes because open yeah. micers stink and you can only take five minutes of their terrible comedy. Mm. But you get a great person, you go an hour and a half, two hours, who cares? It's good. I'm laughing. I'll keep mm. laughing. So what would you suggest to the woman or the mom or the dad even out there who's saying, hey, wow, I want to do this. I've never done this. Where yeah. do I start? Where do I begin? Help me. I'm not even a good reader. That's what yeah. every dad out there, virtually every dad is like, I'm a terrible reader. Yeah. I'm going to be embarrassed. My kids are better reader than me. And I'm like, just suck it up and read, dude. Just start. You'll get better. 
You will. You'll get better. That's the thing is, it is actually a, a skill. So if you're not reading aloud, which you're probably not, if I mean, like in any other capacity yeah, of your life, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're not reading aloud regularly, you're probably not that good at it. But your kids don't actually care, and no. that's the truth. Yes. So like, so your what your kids are loving about that is that you are a hundred percent present with them, Amen. and that nothing else is taking away your attention except the thing you're doing together. Yes. So it doesn't even matter how good you are. Number two, the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. You'll be probably surprised yourself at how quickly they, that skill comes. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say two things. I would say you don't have to do nearly as much as you think you do. So even if you only read aloud, I mean, if like, so when I get inspired to do something that I know is going to transform my family's life, I sort of go like, we have to do this. And it's like this big transformation. But then what I'm not happens like that is you don't actually do it. Yeah, yeah, of course not. <laughs> Never. Yeah. Look who's not looking in the camera at all when I say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Totally. You and me, sister, by the way. So what, what I realized, though, is that if you read aloud 10 minutes three times a week or actually if you do it every other day let's just say 10 minutes out loud every other day that ends up being about 35 minutes a week that adds up to 30 hours over the course of a year Ooh. now in 30 hours you could read every book in the chronicles of narnia yes out loud. Oh, yeah. oh yeah it's Easy. a tremendous amount oh yeah we feel like we have to, like, I have to wait till I have a 30 minute chunk of time or I have to do this every day. You know, neither. You don't have to do it every day. You don't have to do it in 30 minutes. You just need to do it uh, most days or at least half the days and do it in, in small chunks. And those are, they're like drops in a bucket that add up over time. But the other thing I would say is if you have older kids who, and you haven't been reading a lot to them, um, and that's fine. Like, don't, first of all, just skip the shame. You don't need to yeah. shame yourself. Don't it. go there. And we then don't sec- believe in that. No. Yes. <laughs> Not here. Secondly, um, is that you probably can't sit down your 14 year old and say, I'm going to read to you now and they're going to be really receptive. Nope. So one of the ways that I think can help you sort of inch your way into that lifestyle of reading together or the experience of reading together is to listen to audiobooks in the car. Okay. Oh yeah. You could turn on something Perfect. like fellowship of the ring yeah. in the car, or the Hobbit or whatever yeah. in the car uh, on your way to basketball practice mm-hmm. or homeschool co-op or swimming lessons or whatever, wherever you're going yeah. or church or a road trip. And you know, if your teenager says, I don't want to listen to that, you don't, you just, Oh, it's for me. So you even act <sighs> like it's for you. Oh, I'm going to turn on this audiobook because I really want to listen to it. The great thing about being in the car the is they're like a captive audience. That's so yeah. funny. Oh, I don't want to listen <laughs> to this. Oh, I wasn't paying attention to you in the back seat. I'm listening because this is my car that I paid for that I'm in the driver's seat driving. Someday when you're in this seat, you can have a discussion about what we play or don't play. Oh, yeah. I yeah, love yeah. that so, so much. So, like, your earbuds have to be out. So, like, you can't have your, you know, like, you can't, your teenager can't be listening to their music in the back and that's not going to work. Yeah. So, I can say, like, to my teenagers, you know, no devices, no earphones back there. But this isn't actually for you. This is for me. But what will happen is, like, three chapters in, they're going to be hooked yeah. and want to be listening because you Really listen to the Lord oh, of the Rings yeah. without getting wrapped up, yep. especially when it's read by a very skilled narrator, exactly. which, by the way, is another thing. If you're feeling like, but I really stink at reading aloud and I'm really not good at it, then start with audiobooks yeah. because you still get mm-hmm. those sophisticated language patterns and you still get the shared experience yes, you do. together. Perfect. Yep. I bought Lincoln, you. the adventure collection. It's Treasure Island. Tom, there's so many books. It was so cheap. That's the thing, too. For people that are cheap, I'm not. But people that are cheap, reading and books, easiest value yeah. dollar per dollar per hour you can spend yeah. is with a book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Amazon, yeah. you can get a books for a penny with $4 shipping. So four bucks like and you spend words. 10, 12 hours. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's some good, good. And Audible, oh, it's so well, great. Well, and our libraries have 
great audio. Oh, that's the thing too. If you have a, a Kindle, LibriFox, all the things we use. Kindles, you can rent out books from your library. You don't have to go to the library. You can do it via your Kindle online, and you can do that with odd. I think you can do the audiobooks too. Oh, you can you do can. the audiobooks at um, the library. With, through Overdrive, yeah. and then you don't oh, have yeah. any late fees, which if you're like me in the library, oh, and like you're just regularly fund everybody's... <laughs> Our library stopped doing late fees. Light fees. Our library uh, stopped then them. Then doing Kindle or audiobooks are great. Yeah, then they take it back for you. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is so good. It is so good. What else? What else? What? So what are you hearing? What are you hearing from parents? What are you hearing from people? What are you hearing back? Are you hearing good stories? Are you hearing... Yeah, I think what happened, what we're hearing, what I'm hearing most often is uh, sort of surprise at how enjoy, how much they enjoy being with their kids when they're reading huh. together. So I think for a lot of us, uh, you said earlier that you know you'll hear from parents who are like, I don't really like this kid. Well, there's like all of my kids. I would say there's been times where I didn't really like any of them, like each of them. There's been like you know they all go through phases and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But um, one of the if you're struggling relationship wise um, or things are feeling kind of tense, whether that be because of school pressure or busy schedules or something in the family, whatever is going on in your family's life. Um, what I keep hearing families say is I'm surprised that just sitting down and reading this book, especially when it's not even a classic, it's just something that's totally for fun. Right. Mm. How powerful that is toward that, how much of a change that's made in our relationship or this moody kid has all of a sudden started his whole, you know, disposition has changed yeah, and all we did started changes. doing is reading aloud. But it's mm. not. That's the whole thing. You know this and we know this. You're not just reading aloud. You're sitting close together. You're within yes. speaking voice, not shouting. It's not another room. You're close enough to where I can just sit with a regular voice and sit with you. And we're going to think about the same thing for a period of time together. We will both have yeah. unique and distinct thoughts about that that we can then discuss mm -hmm. and talk. I mean, there are a million other things going on in that room. You know what's going on in that room? The Holy Spirit, where two <laughs> yeah. or three, three are, are gathered. gathered. Just takes two. Yeah. Where two are yeah. gathered in my name. By the way, it doesn't take two people believing in my name. Just takes one, man. Sure. You're a parent, not yeah. getting along with your kid. Holy Spirit. I'm going to read to my yeah. bratty kid right now. I can't stand <laughs> this kid. He's yep. so ungrateful. Yeah. It's, you know, it's that presence. It, I can't, I mean, there's a lot of times where I am, I'm with my kids all the time, right? Because we homeschool. Yeah. And there's a lot of times we get to the end of the day and I'll look at one or two or half a dozen of them and I'll think, I don't even know if I like know what's going on in your mind or your heart right now. Mm. Like, I don't think I connected with you. Yeah. I think it the reading aloud ends up almost being the tool that we use. The real thing that's happening, just like you said, it's not just reading aloud. The real thing that's happening is we're making a, a relationship like connection. Yeah. We are connecting. We're being fully present together. And there aren't a lot of times in a normal average day where we set aside time to say, I'm just going to be a hundred percent present with you. Mm. And reading aloud is just sort of our excuse to do that. Well, yeah. I, I have kind of, for my two kids, they're, they have a lot of energy. As you can tell, Ryan and I are kind of energetic. And so, say, I was born ADHD. And really? And this totally surprises me that your kids are Maybe energetic. my kids have some of my energy as well. So we were wondering, any yeah. advice for the wiggle worms? What yeah. do we got going? Lincoln does well, Legos I while I read question. to him. He'll do Legos. He'll do no Legos, big deal. so that's okay. Yeah. Or he'll whittle sticks. Okay, so that's one of the things uh, Dr. Michael Gurian came on the Read Aloud Revival podcast, talked about how for a lot of kids, their brains actually go into a higher gear and start 
understanding things more deeply when they're moving their bodies. So when you're reading aloud, if you're saying to your kid, you have to sit there while I read this, and then he hops up and starts pacing the room, you might think he's now thinking about something else. But what's happened is his brain just engaged for a lot of kids anyway. And um, this can happen. And so um, being a little bit intentional about having a few things that they can do with their hands. One of the things that has really worked well for us is to have this read aloud shelf. And I'll put like drawing paper, drawing books and pencils there, Legos, Play-Doh, I'm trying to think what's there. Watercolor pans and some paper. Um, mm. My oldest daughter, who's 16, she likes to do hand lettering. So she'll stick mm-hmm. some of her hand lettering wow. projects there. Cool. And when I say it's time to read aloud, everybody go grab your stuff. Then if they, especially as your kids get older, it's so funny. We think that like the youngest kids are the wiggliest. But wait, you know, <laughs> wait till you have like a 16-year-old. Uh-oh. They can't sit. They're just yeah. like, they've got so much <laughs> Or they'll want to do stuff and, like, with each other. Stuff on my phone. I don't want know? the wrestle poke each other while I'm reading. Oh, like yeah. that yeah. for me, that like is a hard if one. you really want to send dad into hyperdrive <laughs> immediately, yeah. let me start reading and then don't pay attention, but fight with your sister or brother. Like for sure. Yeah. And some of that's just like throw down parenting. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so yeah, I'll yeah. say like you sit over yep. there and you yeah. sit over there yeah. or you're on your couch cushions and your toe and no body part yes. can leave your yep. couch cushion Good like on you. pain of death. Like you know, you. this is my yep. great parenting advice yeah. here. But <laughs> yeah, we are. I think some of it is just, well, here's the thing. Maybe this is what we should acknowledge is that a lot of us think when we see families that are either reading a lot or whatever where they're doing that we kind of want to do, we, we picture that it's going smoothly. Yeah. But in my house, um, kids are interrupting. Somebody gets up to use, use the bathroom like or they just start talking over me or they're sitting on different sides of the couch and they're like hitting each other with their toes and the other one starts. I mean, that's just like normal parenting. So then accepting that it's still a valuable session, even when kids are driving you a little bit crazy. I just want to thank you for being honest though. The experience will probably be different than yours. Well, I think, I don't know. Maybe I have this judgment against homeschoolers, but I think they sometimes I feel like they paint the picture that is perfect. So I just want to thank you for being so honest, because sometimes it, it it does get disruptive or it doesn't yeah. work or the whole day gets shot and your nature study. Oh, you're in the mud, you know, so yeah. I just thank you for being yeah. honest that I think this new generation of homeschooling moms are being honest about what works and what doesn't work and yeah. going again. Yep. Yeah. Because the problem is then we think like, what's wrong with my kids, yeah. right? And there's nothing wrong with not your kids. Right. They're, you know, I was, um, Sally Clarkson, uh, once I heard her say not too long ago, uh, that her memory of like sitting around the table for family dinner is that basically her kids were arguing the whole time and some of her kids were misbehaving and, and her kids memory of sitting down for family dinner is very different. Yes, it's all it warm conversations. And, and so she, when she says as an adult, when they say like, oh, we loved family dinner. And she's like, really? I know. I <laughs> that cracks that. me up. Right. Because as a parent, I think like we just went on this road trip, right? My husband and I are irritated by the times that the kids were whining and bickering, but I guarantee my kids do not remember that. We just went oh on my a goodness. road trip. So oh, we did. decided not to go on anymore. We, we changed, no lie, we changed our future business model after that road trip. It was so bad. We, Tell me more. Oh, we were planning no. on going on a family tour. Like we had a tour planned. We gonna, yeah. We went on a road trip to Mount Rushmore and we got back and I was like, yeah, you do know we're never going on a family tour where we're I'm flying. driving. Like never, ever. If we get in a bus with another driver, I mean, maybe we could try a that. Big bus. But Give me it a was big bus. Terrible. Oh my yeah. goodness. It was awful. Like, and I love. And we were doing audiobooks and we were doing read alouds. We were doing. It well, all. I love to drive long distances because I like podcasts yeah. and books. I don't mind yeah, it at yeah. all. Not everybody else likes it as much as I do. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, hey, yeah. I didn't know this. 
Talk about the myths people have about families that read together or reading aloud. Yeah. You can pull your book out. I love that too. I remember. Yeah, yeah, I have to pull it. I did an interview so after my there. first book, maybe a year <laughs> after I wrote it, and they were like, "On page eighty-seven, you said da 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 da." I remember thinking, "Yeah, yeah, I did." Did I say that? And I don't have the book in um, front of me, so I couldn't read it. Yeah. Okay, so one of the myths is what we talked about earlier, which is if you want reading aloud to make a difference, you have to do a lot of it, which is not actually the case because okay. we can remember that as like drops in the bucket. Um, think of that. Hey, I want to say it I again. Think so many of us think of audiobooks as cheating, but they're not cheating. No. You don't have to do the reading aloud yourself to get the benefits of reading of someone reading aloud to you. Awesome. It's that shared experience mm. and those language patterns in audiobooks. So, but I hear a lot of parents go, well, I don't really read aloud. We just use audiobooks. I'm like, yeah, that's right. That's loud. fine. Yeah. That's Alexa. I'll tell you what, though. Out loud. Oh, yeah. Alexa will read audiobooks for you. She's amazing. Yeah. You can just like in my kitchen, we have one and I go, Alexa, read blah, blah, blah. And it'll pick up right where I left she off just and, takes and reads while I'm doing dishes. I'm super down with awesome. that. Um, Think about, like, you and, can get so much more reading. In well, that and way. you can oh, just yeah. play the Bible 24 hours a day. And there's uh, on the Bible app. It'll read it out loud to you. <laughs> anyway, we get a little on nerdy the at our version Bible.com app. Oh, I, yeah, I play the audio. audio version of that when I roll out in the morning before I work out. Yeah. That is so brilliant. Oh, and their readers are good, too. Really good. Oh, that's okay. one thing I want to say. That makes a huge difference. Readers make a huge difference. So if you're using the free ones like LibriVox, things like Which that, try it around. If you get a reader that you're not into, try a different one. Well, especially because on LibriVox, sometimes in one book, they'll have like four different yeah. readers because they're all volunteers, yeah. they're all right? Volunteers. But that drives me nuts. But it so, does. but like a really good reader. Now, that's different. I just said earlier, like your kids don't care if you're not a good reader. That's because you're their parent and they just love that you're they're soaking in right. your attention, right? But if you turn on an audiobook where the readers, we tried to listen to Little Britches on audio. That one is not very good I've on audio. Oh. We didn't think anyway. I've I like that reading same that out thing. loud. We're going to read it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I could yeah, do it for good. them if they'd like a better version of it. Yeah. Hey, anyone out there? I did my dad's last book. I read the whole, I did the audio version He's of so good at it of his last one. Oh, oh yeah, I could see that mm. totally. I love it. That's I cool. do. I love it. Okay, so um, you don't have to do it a lot. I want to say that again to parents yeah. that are that are just tuning in. Ten minutes is nothing. Ten minutes every other day equals around thirty hours a year, and you can read yeah. so much in thirty hours. So that's the first one. Don't do a lot. Uh, second one. Use audiobooks if you need to. Awesome. And on, even on Audible, some of the authors are good, some are not. And some, yes. like yes. Will Wheaton, are exceptional. Uh, yeah, you can even just click on the sample on Audible and like you can tell usually within oh, like yeah. 20 seconds if this is a voice you're going to be like, oh yeah, so no, that's not going to work we for bought, me. <laughs> yeah, we bought the BBC. Oh yeah. It's either Lord of the Rings or um, Hobbit. It's a Hobbit. It's Hobbit. They have a full cast production. I think there's 32 oh, people awesome. acting the entire thing unbelievable. out. Unbelievable! Oh, yeah. you can't stop. I, I listened to um. I think I can't remember who did this one. It was Screw Tape Letters, but it oh, was yeah. it might have been folks, folks of the family, family did. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. it is because the guy that okay, did the artwork for it. Okay, yeah, and it's it. like a radio dramatization, mm-hmm. and it's really. I mean, you don't want to play that with little kids in the car because, like, yeah. you know, the devil's totally scary, scary. Very for real. Scary. <laughs> But it's brilliant. It is a, and by the way, those guys, uh, because the guys that did that, Bo Henderson did the artwork. Wait, uh, I know Bo? a lot of, yeah, I know a lot of the guys that, uh, that, that worked on that. They are professionals. Okay. These guys yes. are the best of the best Top in, notch. in that kind of stuff. Okay. So what's three? Um, okay. Three is light books don't count. And so this, I think I see right? this more oh, often oh, in, in homeschooling circles than in non-homeschooling oh. circles, and especially in classical homeschooling yes. circles, right? I'm a nerd yes. of that. Light books uh, don't count. Yeah. You can't get that book, Lucy. 
Yeah, yeah. It doesn't count if they're reading something that's under their level. They, they, it doesn't count if it's not a classic or there's something intrinsically better about reading an older book than a newer yeah. book. Um, and I think we, we can point back at that research that shows that kids whose parents think that reading is primarily a form of entertainment mm. are better readers. Okay. What are we, what's our goal? Our goal is for our kids to be lifelong readers. Right. I mean, exactly. In, we have a lot of goals. But one, one of, of our goals is that our kids be lifelong readers and also that they become discer discerning readers. So I see this in Christian circles a lot. Um, where parents are afraid to let their kids read books where there might be a worldview or an idea Harry Potter. that does not jive with <laughs> Harry Potter, right? <clears throat> Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> I get hate mail for that. And People are it. like, you, you read a witchcraft book to your son? I'm like, no, I read a book that talks about good triumphing over evil and doing the right thing and responsibility and hard work and friendship. I know, every revival, we have to just make a decision. Like, do we want to mention Harry Potter? How much email do we want to get? I know. <laughs> yeah. See, here's the thing. I don't care. Like, we're rebel parenting, so, so you know. It, we just get it. Yeah. I know it's coming anyway. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, then you can even look at books that are actually not just, like, Harry Potter, but, like, have a a worldview written behind them or the, of the author or whatever that is in stark contrast to a Christian's perspective. Yeah. And now mm. what, what I realize, um, what I hear a lot from parents is a fear that if their kids read something that's opposed to their own that. Mm -hmm. religious views yeah. or worldview, that that's dangerous. But what we wanted, and okay. It depends on how old your kids are. It does. We want to train our kids to be discerning right. readers, yes. right? right? If they only read things that are sanitized mm -hmm. for them then. until they grow up, they will not be able to recognize something, yeah. um, when they see That's it, beautiful. or, or right. basically yeah. what we want to do is teach our kids to ask themselves yep. questions yep. all the time while they're yes. reading. And so if you're keep teaching your kids to ask yourselves themselves questions, which there's um, a whole chapter in the Read Aloud family just on that skill, then you don't really need to worry so much about whether the book presents an idea you're not comfortable Correct. with or mm -hmm. not. Because mm -hmm. what you really want your kids to do is become discerning readers yes. and be able to ask questions. And I think this is a problem is we, if we as parents think that the purpose of books is to provide answers for our kids. We're asking books to do something they weren't meant yep. to totally. do. Books are meant, it's fiction especially, it's meant to raise questions. Yeah. It's not meant to give answers. And so that's why we can't give a, a book to our kid because we want them to be more honest. So we give them a book about all the, that we think will help them right. teach honesty. It right. goes back to that thing we were talking mm -hmm. about before. What we want stories to do is raise questions to bring out questions in our kids mm -hmm. so that they can learn to ask those questions and mull over them and to think because that's that's really what we want them to do when they're reading. Yeah, I was well, thinking I about this. Uh, there's a book called Ready Player One. It's hugely popular. It's coming out in a movie this year. I've read it. It's it's a brilliant, brilliant book. Will Wheaton reads it on audio on uh, Audible. His rendition is also brilliant. I want Lincoln to hear this so bad, but there's a big chunk where he goes anti-God, as most science fiction writers do. And so I understand a parent's thought in that. I totally do. So there's yeah. an age appropriateness with it as well. And then also yeah. there's another book that I've recommended on this broadcast before called The War of Art. Right. Uh, not The Art well, yeah. of War, but The War of Art. And it's a great yeah. book. Mm -hmm. The guy just doesn't understand Christianity. And so there's yeah. an entire chapter that is very, very, very anti-religion. Well, I understand that. That's no big deal. And if you've got a good faith... You'll be fine. Just skip the chapter. Yeah. No big deal. But I certainly wouldn't want Lincoln to read that because he's not mature enough, doesn't have enough evidence in his own life to combat the things that author says, especially because I value the book. His daddy thinks it's a really good book. book. This is a very smart author in a whole lot of things except Jesus. That's mm -hmm. all. 
Well, and so that's really important for our kids to understand, too. Just because I think a book, like mom or dad thinks the book is really good doesn't mean they agree with every single thing that that author right. says, yes. right? But um, but maybe there's just a few nuggets in there, like The War of Art, for example. There's some really good, helpful nuggets in there. And also maybe some of the language we're not comfortable yeah. with or maybe some of the ideas mm-hmm. behind. Mm-hmm. We're not mm-hmm. com- but like uh, there's a difference between your child being nine or b- your child being 15. So I think so much of that fear in parents about their kids approaching things that they're not um, – that don't jive with their own worldview could be solved by making regular habit of talking about books with our kids because then we don't have to worry so much because we can just talk about it. And then recognizing that there is an age appropriateness, of course. So, you know, you saying Ready Player One is a brilliant book doesn't mean you think someone should go out and read it to their eight-year-old. Yes. But they're high schooler. This could be a different story. Maybe. That's what I say. Maybe. Honestly, maybe. I say maybe. Yeah. If you've got a rebellious high schooler that says, I don't know if God exists or not, I wouldn't yeah. feed that belief system. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't feed it right. with a great, brilliant author with a compelling story that also doesn't believe in God. Right. You know, right. I wouldn't do right, that right, right. until they're mature enough. And I would be honest about that. You're just not mature enough for it yet. It's okay, but just not yet. Like Lincoln yeah. and I were going to watch... Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark the other day and he oh, goes yeah. he goes uh, I don't think this is a good one before I go to bed daddy and I was like okay for sure and I because I had asked yeah. him I said hey this is kind of scary are you sure and he's yeah. like oh no, no no I want to watch I want to watch I want to watch and then it started and he was like maybe tomorrow during the day and I was yeah. I love that that maturity I love that he yeah. knows himself that well and yeah that's the kind of kid that I could play ready player one two and pause it and go listen this is what's going to happen. He just doesn't understand Jesus, baby. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't know yeah. who he is. And we want to yeah. pray for people that don't know Jesus. That's all. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But we, when we have those conversations with our kids from a very young age, we're talking about books or movies or TV or any kind of story, wherever we're getting it from, whether it's read or watched. Mm. Uh, if we have that default of talking about our kids in this open ended kind of conversational mm-hmm. way, then I think it opens up the opportunity it opens up a lot more opportunities as they get older and they're, they'll be more willing to talk. You know, if we jump on our kids at 15 with talking with them about something they got assigned to read at school or whatever, um, but we're not, they're not used to that. That might feel awkward right. to them. So that's why I think it's so helpful for us to just Start constantly early, be yeah. talking about stories with our kids. And I love that you kids. said open-ended questions, like Socratic questions and yeah. that, yeah. that, not that they can just say yes. No. Yeah. Yes. No, mom. Right. Yes. Yes. No. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Fine. Because Fine. they will. That, that they'll get the one word yeah, answer, totally. right? Exactly. But um, I know the questions that we ask our kids uh, that we know the answers to when it comes to stories and books, if we know the answers to them, they're not going to open up a good conversation. And the person who really taught me this, uh, like in a real tangible way, was Andrew Kern from the Cersei yeah. Institute. I went to a writing seminar oh. where we talked about the land, the witch, and the wardrobe. And he opened up this class and said, should Edmund have followed the white witch? And we're all like, obviously mm. no, right? He's like, are you sure about that? Maybe we should consider it. And so then we made this list <laughs> of, of like, why? why yes. And why should yeah. we have? And the amazing thing in that conversation was that they both told us the truth about who God is mm-hmm. in Edmund's yep. life, like no matter which way you answered it. And I remember just sitting there like astounded, like, oh my goodness, all we needed was just an open-ended question. Like, should he have followed the white witch? And now we can talk about that and have way more brilliant yes. conversations than we could have by answering some question about what happened in the That's story. That's right, right. Oh, Sarah, this has been the best. Thank, Thank you, you so much. This book, Thank The you. Read Aloud Family, is amazing. Read Aloud Revival is the podcast. It is one of the number one podcasts for a great reason. Sarah McKenzie, anything you're doing, if you want to talk about it, we want to talk to you. 
Oh, thank you so much. This has been a blast. Awesome. What a great way to start. Thank you for helping anytime. our family. You're welcome. You thank you so Bye-bye. much. We really appreciate thanks. it. Our thanks to Sarah McKenzie and the Read Aloud Revival for sharing her book, The Read Aloud Family, with us on Rebel Parenting today. Kay, what'd you think? Uh, isn't she awesome? She's the best. So spunky. I know. So much fun. We need more guests like that. If you know guests like that, if you have authors like that, speakers like that, transformational people like that, send it our way. Help at rebelparenting.org. We were challenged. I love reading, but we were challenged. Laura, especially, was super challenged. She went home. She started reading Little Britches, started reading Green Ember. She's looking for Wonderful Wizard of Oz. I'm going to look for the audio version of that. Like Sarah talked about how you can just listen to books. It's Mm -hmm. just as good. Lincoln listens to Harry Potter all the time. Nice. Uh, So we're going to get some new audio books. I just got a humble bundle bundle of audiobooks for him on that one Uh, but we're looking for wonderful wizard of oz nice and you guys we are we are diving into the lion the witch and the wardrobe nice yes such a good one yeah you know here's the truth too they're not long no they're really not long i have all the audios by the way if you want those i have all the audios those are short too still very very good again read your kids play the audiobooks play them in the car Man, it will expand your kids' brains. It's all, all good stuff. You heard the program. I don't need to fill your brain anymore. You're already challenged and inspired. Also, our thanks to our friends at Save the Storks on the heels of Mother's Day. Thank you. Thank you for allowing so many babies, mm. so many babies to celebrate Mother's Day today. So many moms celebrate Mother's Day today. I am one of those that was saved. Uh, I'm adopted. And uh, I get to thank two moms. I get to thank two moms for being here this Mother's Day. What a great organization. Find out more about Save the Storks. Savethestorks.com. What else? That is a wrap. Oh, uh uh-uh. No. What else? Upgrade. Upgrade. Come on. Oh, how could I forget the amazing upgrade? That's right. What are we doing on Upgrade right now? Mom Strong. Speaking of those moms. That's right. We are doing Mom Strong for the month of May. Because the outpouring has been so great. Here's the truth. We've dropped, 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 dropped the price. So from here on out, monthly, 10 bucks a month. That's it. It's less than the cost of the book. You're going to get the book or you're just going to read what we do or listen to the videos. If you don't read it, who cares? You're still going to get all the information for it. You can do the live Q&A with me and with the Rebel team, Atomic Mom, Laura, Producer Kay, we're going to be a part of it. Then we're going to get every single author, all 13 authors with a total of 15 books, I think, are doing live Q&As with us. That is personal interaction with every single one of those authors. This will take your marriage, your parenting to the next level. Money back guarantee. Absolutely money back guarantee. Right now, month of May, if you sign up, you get uh, Sarah Beckman alongside uh, for free, you get Heidi St. John, Becoming Mom Strong, for free. If you sign up for the entire year in the month of May, it's Wait. 80 bucks. Oh. Yeah. Come on. I think it's 15 books for 80 bucks. Hmm. Like 15 guides, 15 video series, 15 audio series, uh, and 30 Q&As with the Rebel team and the authors for 80 bucks. That's ridiculous. My, you know, my dad said that he, we're doing a broadcast on uh, Family Talk. And he was like, Ryan, 
that's that's not enough. And I was like, I know, but parents are broke. <laughs> they really are, though, right? You're a parent. Right. You got four kids. Are you broke? Or are you are you just roll? Are you balling? Are you making it rain? <laughs> no. no, you're broke. <laughs> we, we're looking for a dollar anywhere. And parents want to be better parents. They don't want to get guilted. They want to make it easy. This is easy. If you don't get the book, you will still get the info. Don't you get that? 10 bucks a month, 80 a year, 15 books. Authors like Heidi St. John, Dr. James Dobson. My dad, it was so funny. He's like, why am I not part of this? I'm like, would you do it? He was like, yes. Bringing up boys, bringing up girls. Love must be tough. Becoming mom strong. Jocko Willink, Way the Warrior Kid. Stephen Arterburn, Mediterranean Love Plan. Heidi St. John, Becoming Mom Strong. Uh, Sarah Beckman, alongside... We stood upon the stars. Oh, Roger Thompson, we stood upon stars. Tim and Ann Evans, Woo! naked. <laughs> Want to have a better sex life? Join the upgrade. I'm so sorry that my son is in this room and he's hearing me talk about that right now. And it will take your life to the next level. Here's the truth. It's a money-back guarantee. What are you waiting for? How ridiculous. Yeah, and it helps us out. It's 10 bucks a month. It'll help keep the lights on here at Rebel. We just wanted to create a product... It would just be a no-brainer. A no-brainer. You're going to get better. You're going to look back and go, that's it? That's all we paid? Really? Yeah, that's it. That's how much we care about it. Totally. So, you can see it on screen. If you're watching the video version, this is the first full video version too, yeah. right? I didn't say it at the beginning. Oh, only you guys are here at the end. Full video version on YouTube.com uh, at Rebel Parenting. Um, and if Facebook allows us to play a video that long, it'll be on facebook.com slash rebelparenting. Uh, full video with Sarah McKenzie and us on here, which is all to say, as I said, you can see it on screen. Text the word upgrade to 345-345. Text the word upgrade to 345-345. We'll just send you alongside and becoming mom strong for free. If you like it, 10 bucks a month in the month of May, 80 for the entire year. The whole year, 15 books, right? 15 books, not bucks, books. <laughs> 10 bucks. Got it. Is that it? <laughs> All right. Rebels, thanks for being a part of this. Thanks for listening. You got another encounter coming this week? Sure do. Ooh, I was going to say we'll see you next week, but we will see you on Wednesday with the Rebel Encounter 4 with our very own producer, Kay. God bless. We'll see you next week.